How many are ready for the Word of God this morning? Yeah. I am excited about this. I'm excited about this year. I do believe that great things are going to happen this year. I believe um, uh, the, word that the, the theme that we have as a church this year is advance. And, and, and advancing, moving forward. I, I believe that there are things that we are going to m- move into as a church, but also in each individual life, if you would walk in faith with us, I believe this is a year where we're going to see the fulfillment of many promises. Um, I want you to stand with me. I'm going to read the passage. Uh, uh, today. Stand with me. I want to read the scripture and pray over it uh, before we start. If you would just stand with me where you are, and, uh, and I'm going to read Josh- from Joshua chapter 1. You-, you can follow along. I don't know if we have it behind or not, if we're able to get it back there, do we? Yeah. We do. Excellent. Excellent. I know some wasn't working. All right. I'm going to read Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to pray. Uh, the start of the message today in the advance as a theme we want to talk about praying the word, praying the word, praying the word. And I'm going to just speak a few things to you about that. Joshua 1, he says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of man, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. And therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I have promised you... I promise you what I promised Moses. You know what? Why don't you guys help me? Let's read it together. Can we do it? All right, let's go. Verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Whatever you set your foot, you will be on land that I've given you. From Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Eurydice River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you all as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I saw to their ancestors I will give to them. Be strong and very courageous, Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Father, we thank you for the, your word that we spoke, oh God, here today. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will always stand, oh God. We thank you that you also said that the entrance of your word brings life, oh God. And today we welcome life into every situation of our lives. Father, we, as we sang, we surrender all, Lord, to this morning, God. We do. But we invite your presence, oh God, to speak into every dead area of our lives. As indeed the bre- entrance of your word this morning may bring life to our spirit, to our soul, and to our bodies, oh God. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you believe that, come on, give the Lord a shout offering, a clap offering, a shout of praise. Amen. 
There's something so good about responding to God's word. Before you see, they give a, a, a few high fives to a few people and say, God's got something for you this morning. Amen. So, so, so this morning we're going to talk about uh, this. This, this is uh, we read this passage, and the Israelites were in a transition time in their lives. Uh, they were in a transition time. Uh, up until this point, they had been led by one of the most incredible human leaders. In fact, I would say, other than Jesus, is the most dynamic leader that ever walked the face of the earth. Moses, if you if if you don't realize it, Moses' influence continues to this day. He was a leader that read in all spectrum. Not only was he, he was a spiritual leader, this guy talked to God. This guy gave us the Ten Commandments. This guy is the one guy that told God, man, I, I've heard your voice so many times, but I've never seen you. And the Lord says, well, if you see me, you're not going to survive, you're going to die. But God, 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 I want to see you. This is a guy that has experienced uh, 40 days out in the mountain with God. And, 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 and he laid the foundation and the structure, not only for the spiritual, uh, uh, the spiritual um, life of the Israelites, uh, he also laid the structure for government, for, for, for legislative, uh, he, he laid out the law, not just for for the spiritual laws, he let out the civil laws that they were to follow. And to this day, even our own country, the basis of the law is actually patterned after what Moses laid out that time ago. This was a terrific leader. Um, uh, he understood not only the spiritual things, he understood government, he understood people, he understood counsel. And the Israelites, I, they had, uh, you know, when you have a good leader, it, it, it makes it safe. When you have good leaders at home, you know, kids do better when they have good parents that lead well. How many know that when parents don't lead, kids suffer? Uh, kids suffer. And when the parents lead well, kids are blessed because of it. So where there's leadership is good, then the blessing follow the people. Okay, that's why it's so important for believers to always be praying for our leadership in the country, even the political leadership. And I know sometimes when whoever is in office, half of us are going to like him, half of us are going to think he's the devil. But the truth is that as believers, we need to step back and not just act like everybody else who doesn't know God. Because we know no matter who's up there, Jesus is higher. And we know that the, 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 the eyes, uh, the hands of the king is, is in the Lord's shoulder. And when we intercede for our country, when we pray, then we don't walk by fear. We know that God holds the whole world like we used to sing in Sunday school in the palm of his hands. I know things come, seasons change, everything goes up and down. What's trending now will not even be a thing tomorrow. Okay, But nonetheless, we know that God is consistent throughout generation. And so we can walk in faith, even in the middle of chaos. We can believe, thank you, Sue. We can believe that God is still in control of my life. God is still in control of my destiny. God is still in control over everything. And so we don't give up praying. We keep praying. So these guys are, have been used to, some, to, to living under a leader that is talented, gifted, smart. You call it all. He had all the package. But do you know what? Even under the leadership of Moses, the people still mumble. The people still complain. The people say, I wish he was better. 
They'll get as far as saying, man, you know, Moses, you brought us all out to the wilderness. You tricked us. If we knew what you are bringing us into, we would have never come. At least in Egypt, we had some barbecue, and we had famous staves, and, we had, and they forgot they were in slavery. And they start talking, the life was better back then, before we knew God. But even so, so I, I'm painting a picture that there is a point where God plays his role, and God places his people where he needs to be, but there's also a place where we respond to what God says. Because even under leadership such as Moses, people still complain. People were still dissatisfied. They even thought that it was better. They, started, they didn't think it was better. They just wanted to complain and hear themselves complain. How, how many people have friends like that? Or family members? They're like, I just ask you how you're doing. And I, and I want you to be honest. That's fine. But we don't have to be all negative that way. I wasn't asking for you. I came in whistling, singing some happy songs inside of me. I, I, I mean, just asking you. You can tell me it's, it's been a rough week, but I'm trusting God anyway. Yes. I want you to bring me down myself. Man, I, 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 I got to stay up. And how many know that sometimes you're like, you stay around people like that, they dampen you. They cause you to, to also, you know, the little joy you had inside starts Oh, yeah, you know. And if it's you, man, I'm speaking the word of God to you today. <laughs> Jesus is sweet. Jesus is awesome. I start every morning by saying, God is good. I know some of you think it's so old-fashioned. Well, it never gets old when you really let it sink in in your heart that God is consistently good. Yes. He's good when things are going well. He's good when I'm in the valley and I can't see the light. I can de- what, what, what I hold on to to those times is, is that I can depend on, on the consistency of God's goodness. Yes. Amen? So all of a sudden, this Joshua starts by not very good news. He says that the law says to Joshua, that Moses, my servant, is dead. Great. Thanks a lot, God. But what are we going to do now? It wasn't all rosy what the future was holding for the Israelites. Because up until this point, they had lived in the wilderness, and it wasn't a great life. They lived a good life. I always say maybe they lived in Nebraska. (laughs) No offense, people. It was just a good life. God provided for them. God provided for them. He sustained them. Um, he watched over them. Every day, whatever they needed, God would provide. He talked about the manna was food that was just sufficient for the day. And tomorrow was in God's hands. But God was teaching them. Now, you can read this. I'm, I, today, let me just give you a secret. I don't have any verses up there other than the one we read. So if you are wanting to recite, you're going to have to write some of these notes that I'm going to give you if you want to look this up or watch this online or something just to kind of rehash it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm just going to paraphrase that. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is when they're paraphrasing how God sustained them through the wilderness. And it actually teaches you in something that applies to all of our lives because all of those hard times and all of those things that go through, they go, it's not for nothing. 
that God teaches us through those process. So in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it talks about how God is reminding them, I was with you through the wilderness. And in fact, you, you didn't know this, but I was actually testing you. I was actually putting you to the test because I was making you better. I wanted to see what was in your heart, so what, would you, what was in your heart would come out. And all the, the craziness and the nasty stuff that you have in there, I wanted to guard it all out so that I can replace something and put something fresh in you. I wanted to teach you faith. I wanted to teach you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I wanted to teach you these things, and that's why I allowed you to go through the wilderness in your life. Now, it wasn't for nothing, but even in the wilderness, you wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for my grace. And some of you this morning can relate to what I'm talking about. You know that you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the grace of God. Sometimes you blew it. And he says, I'll never do it again. It's in the new year. This is a year of new things. You blow it again. Sometimes things just happen to you. Just Life just happens. I mean, I've tried everything I do, but life happens. I had no control. I had control of another. And life just happens, and I get a bad break here and a bad break here, and there's nothing I can do about it. But you're thinking, man, I was, I don't even know how I made it. Let me tell you how you made it. The grace of God. He watched you. Even over those tough things, he kept you. You should have been destroyed a long time ago, but he preserved you. Because he has a purpose for your life. So they're in this situation where they've been living in comfort in terms of, let me not necessarily say comfort, but they had at least lived in a secure place because they had a leader who knew what he was doing. They had a leader who had access to the creator of all things. They had a leader who understood government. You see, God used Moses and he prepared him even on the natural sense to lead people, not just spiritually, but to also lead them in God. You know, Moses was raised up in Egypt. I can tell you the story a little bit. Remind you, I know you know it. Pharaoh is afraid of the Israelites growing rapidly in Egypt. He's afraid that one day they'll turn around and take over Egypt. And he decides, I'm going to kill every boy that's born. And Moses happened to be born during that time that every Hebrew boy was getting killed. By faith, his mother would like, felt like, I don't know, the rock and the hard place, which one he thought one's better. There was just no very good option. He didn't want, he, she didn't want to see her baby die and be killed. And she put that baby in a basket, let him down the river, as if that was better. But in his own divine way, God would see that Moses would end up at the king's, when the king's daughters were swimming. And they got the baby, and Moses was raised up in the most thriving nation at the time, in the height of the Egyptian empire. He grew up in royalty. And in those times of his life, he learned the government. He learned how to lead administratively because Israel was, uh, Egypt was thriving at that time. You see how God connects the dots? Here the enemy had intended to destroy him. The enemy wanted him dead, but God had a purpose on his life. 
And God will use even that to allow Moses to gain an opportunity for an education he would have never gotten had he been grown up in a regular Hebrew family at that time. And God, he would get the, the royal education. And later he would go to the wilderness again to be taught by God. He'd gone through this cycle in his life. His first, that was his first 40 years. And the Israelites are used to living under that kind of leadership. And now he's gone. And then God says, I want you guys to advance. I want you to go forward. You've been around the Jordan, this side of the Jordan for too long. I want you to go out. I want you to go out to battle. These guys had no experience in battle. And they're looking at nations that are already established. And God says, man, we read this morning that every place, there's like, you determine your destiny. You take a step. You got it. It's yours. You decide to move forward. I've given it to you. He says, every time you put your step forward, every land you choose to go to, I've already given you to you. And so in this case, God is saying, I'm putting your destiny in your own hands. And I'm promising you that as you go, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. But don't be timid. Don't be intimidated by the giants. Don't be intimidated by what you see. Don't be intimidated by the lack of opportunity that you've had, the education you don't have, the army you don't have, your future, your background. I mean, their background was slavery. They didn't have a formidable army to face some of these kingdoms that had been there for a long time. But God says, yeah, I get that. But I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I want you to take courage inside of you. Because every place you decide to go, let me just give you some perspective. And we read all the different places that he says the land that is already destined for them is going to encompass. It's probably so hard. But in between those boundaries that we read are actually established kingdoms that they were going to go in and face. First, let's cross the Jordan. It wasn't fun. I'm going to do this and, Mo and then uh, you, you decide to take Moses home at this time. God, truly. Is there a more convenient time, being sarcastic here a little bit, that you could have led us without a leader and tell us to go? Could you have waited? Could you have kept Moses five more years? Just so we can, you know. That's how sometimes we reason with God in our situations. You're going through life and things are going well sometimes. And then uh, how many have ever gotten a bad break in the most inconvenient time possible? I promise Satan doesn't like my wife and I going on vacation sometimes. <laughs> We've had stories. I remember one time I was like, Sarah, we need to get out of here. We really just need to go down to Florida. It probably was cold like it is these days. We need to just get out of here. And we were renovating our house and, um, well, to get it ready to sell. But we were just tired. We've been going on. You know how sometimes you juggle way too many things and you know God says, okay, you need to unplug and get some sunshine. Can I get an amen? amen. We need some sunshine every once in a while. And so <clears throat> we torn up our floors and had been working in one kitchen and, and putting in, learning how to put in like wood flooring in and, uh, and getting some help where I need help. And then we, we bought new appliances and, 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 and everything is good. And now we are ready to go down to Florida without the kids. And um, we wake up in the middle of the night 
And that awesome, beautiful new fridge that we loved had leaked through completely. The house is flooded, all the floor that we bled, sweat and tears to put them in. And we're getting over there. And we got to the floor and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is not happening. I've already paid for the flights and what do you do? <laughs> I remember we sat on the kitchen floor <laughs> and it was wet. <laughs> and we just started laughing. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to laugh it out. But some people decide, okay, I'm going to go punch the wall or something. Well, now you've got to get a drywall guy, not just a floor guy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, the situation is not changing. And you're thinking, okay, either God's saying not to go, or Satan really doesn't want you to rest, because he knows when you rest, good things happen in your life. And we just laughed it out and just walked you through. It was tough. But we decided... Why am I going to lose my joy over this? Because it's not going to change anything. Now the truth is, the situations happen sometimes, and you can choose to be mad about it. The situation is still the situation. And you can be angry plus the situation. Because the situation is the situation. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm just going to have a good time in the middle of the situation. I'm going to praise anyway. Man, I'm pushed between the rock and the hapless, but I'm going to praise anyway. Because, you know, if the enemy cannot steal your joy, he can't steal your good. You know what the Bible says about the joy of the Lord? It says that your, his joy is what's going to be your strength. So you need to be happy to get through the situation. They're going to a transition period, and their life is going to be absolutely amazing but before they get to the amazing part, they're going to fight a few battles. And the last verse is what I want to just kind of maybe highlight today before we go home. Because God is giving them some kind of instruction. And he says, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God is saying to them here, you have a key that will make your life better. Through everything that I have put in front of you, and he's painting a really rosy picture for them, but obviously he knows that they are afraid. They are afraid that they might fail. What if I put myself out there and it goes the way it went last time? What if I put myself out there and it goes, start writing that book. And nobody even likes it. I make two sales. <laughs> and that was my mom and my dad got the second copy. <laughs> I put myself out there going for that job that I've always wanted to do. And I get turned down over and over and over again. Nobody's even reading my resumes. What if? God says, you got to be courageous. you got to keep going. I want you to know this, that I will never fail you. That I will never leave you. He's promising his presence. You know how awesome it is to know that God is with us? 
You know how awesome it is to know his presence? Because even when you're going through something that you don't know anything, you could at least have peace at knowing that if God is on my side, then who can be against me? And you know even when they turn you down, when you have that peace of God, even when they turn you down, it's like, no, they don't control my destiny. He defines who I am. He defines my future. He defines it. And if I have to go through certain things over and over again, I know it's not for nothing. Because even in the middle of all that, that I know God takes his everything. He says that he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purposes. He tells them in verse 8 that this key is my word. Now, we could talk about reading the word, but when he's talking about, when he's saying here that you shall meditate upon it, it's not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night that you will be able to do what it's written in it. He's saying that you, you need to speak the word. Yes. It's in your mouth. You need to speak the word. You need to declare some things over your life. You need to learn how to pray the scripture. You need to learn. If you're going to move, advance to the, your destiny, you need to change the way you pray. You need to change how you pray or what you pray. You see, God will always do, God will <coughs> answer the prayers. The prayers, let me put it this way. God will answer the prayers that his son has had a hand in formulating. First John 4, 5, 14 says this. If you ask anything according to his will, then he hears us. And I've, what I've learned in my walk with the Lord is that I've seen that there is a direct connection between prayers being answered. This, let, me, let me put this, let me rephrase this. There's a direct connection for prayers being answered that relate to minds that are shaped by Scripture. See, John 15 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. Let me read it again. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. And then going back to the first John 5.14 says, If you ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. See, the key is understanding what the Lord is saying about your life and turning those things that God's saying into prayers. For example, if I'm going to pray for finances, I'm just going to let God help me win the lottery tomorrow. No, it's like, God, what are you saying about my life? What are you saying? What are you saying about my finances? Get the scriptures that have to do with finances and start finding those promises. And now, just like the Israelites, you see, realize that oh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it. Get to learn it. Memorize some scriptures. You know, I loved it this morning. I realized when Pastor Dustin was leading and for whatever reason that thing disappeared, as he was reading, I realized I got that memorized. As he was reading, I could read along. 
you know. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or out of pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I did not memorize that because I'm a pastor. I memorized that scripture when I was 16 years old, unemployed in Nairobi, Kenya, when unemployment for young people was like in the 90%. <laughs> that water just doesn't want to be drunk. <laughs> Thou shall be drunk. Amen. <laughs> I memorized that. I mean, hope right there for young people it was so hard to get a job. I mean, it was so hard to get a job. Even if you have a good education, they used to say, go to school, get some good grades, and you will graduate, and you'll get a good job. I had friends with MBAs, 4.0 through college, and they didn't have jobs. But I learned that scripture then, and I many, many others that I can recite then. I had no idea in my life that I would be a pastor. never planned out to be a pastor. I had different things in my life. But I got that inside of my spirit as a young man. I would read the Bible and I would learn the scripture. And so when I could pray, I said, God, you say this about my life. Yes. Yes. And so when sometimes someone reads it, it comes out of me. Not because I started as a pastor. You're supposed to be the pastor. You should know the word. I wasn't even thinking ministry at all. Never crossed my mind. Nobody in my family had ever been in ministry. Discover that the Lord has wealth in my life. He has a destiny. And if I could take this word and just begin to not only get it coming into my heart, and then it just flows freely in my mouth, and then deeper, they begin to be, they start becoming my prayer. Yes, yes. This morning I'm getting ready. I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for their future. I mean, they're little, but I'm praying for their college years. I'm praying for their 20s. But what am I praying? I'm taking the books that says about the blessing of the Lord. It's not just for me. It's for my children and my children's children to the third and the fourth generation as long as, as many as the Lord our God will, will, will call. You know, Joshua later on, he's having a, a lot of people that are kind of opposing him as a leader as he's starting to kind of find his way as a leader later on after the chapters we just read. And he's getting frustrated by people who are one foot in the world, one foot in the, in the house of God. And he says, okay, I get it, people. I can make you do anything. You are grown people. You can do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, and I want all of you to hear this way, that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You could do whatever you want to do. You could go bow to the idols of, of Canaan and all that. But I will not bow my knee on any other God. I have declared, and I want you all to hear today. No matter what you do, that's all to you. I want you to come on my side if you want to, or stay on that side. But my decision is final, and this is the declaration that I have for my family, that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Even if I'm the last man standing, I will determine that we will serve the Lord. If people start doubting God and thinking it doesn't exist, I'm going to still serve the Lord. If people get lazy and decide, oh, well, we just want to live for myself, narcissistic in their lives, me and my house will serve the Lord. He had decided that. Decided. And God will bless him. So that's what I was praying. It wasn't even a scheduled prayer time. 
I just started thinking about the words and what God's saying. Start declaring things in your house. How many watched the movie War Room? Yep, if you've never watched it, kind of pull it up sometime in between maybe playoffs or, or before playoffs. And I like that lady. She was a prayerful lady, but she had a, sometimes if you don't have it memorized, start taking some of these key verses. Put them on your closet. Put them by your, stick a bunch of different things everywhere so you can read it and remember. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night that you can do according to what's written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have not just success, you will have good success. Check this out. Another part that is very similar to this is Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 begins with saying that blessed is the man who does not receive counsel from the ungodly. And it goes on. And, and, and the key idea on that is that sometimes we're listening to so many voices that are trying to shape our thinking. Maybe you're going through a hard time at home. Maybe a hard time with your kids. And I'm saying you can talk to your friends that are not non-believers, but don't let them speak into your life so much that it contradicts what God says. Get yourself, you can listen to people's opinion, but don't let it speak to your life or shape the decisions that you make for your life. He says, find godly counsel when you want to speak about things that really matter. You can hear things, but don't let them shape your life. Let the scripture shape your life. He says, a blessed man does not receive counsel from the ungodly or sit in the seat of the scornful or, 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 or hang out with sinners. And he goes on to say, and verse 3 says, well, he says is, but, but verse 2, verse 2 says, but his delight, where he gets so excited, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Almost word for word with Joshua here. And in his word, he meditates day and night. Okay, verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters who shall bear fruit in its season. Whose leaves will not wither, and he'll bear fruit in his season. In other words, when you get yourself delighting in the, word, in the law of the Lord, when you're meditating on the, day of the word of the Lord day and night, it says you kind of be like that kind of tree that's, that's drawing strength. Sometimes you don't even see it, but it's, the roots are deep, and they're drawing strength from the river, and they're getting fed. You're not fruitful every time. You're fruitful in your season. And you know what the next line says? And whatever he does, prospers. That's the kind of man I want to be. That's the kind of woman I want to be. That's the kind of girl I want to be. That when I put my hands into something, it's going to be blessed. Why? Because the blessings of the Lord are flowing through me. You're called out to be a student maybe. Well, do well. You're going to thrive in that. In this season of your life. Maybe you're putting your hand in business. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's academic. Whatever the case may be. It says that kind of person. It doesn't matter what he does. Whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. There's that kind of guy. Joseph was that kind of guy. Whatever he put his hands to prospered. Almost word for word there. Someone. Because God will always watch over his word to perform it. As I end today, I, I, I mentioned last week how much 
I'm fascinated by the early church, the early Christians in the book of Acts. I mean, uh, these guys impressed me like nobody else. The reason why I'm so impressed by them is how much they were able to impact their world, given the environment that they were in, given the opportunities that they had, and all the disadvantages that they had. They were just a small group of people. I mean, just a handful of people who had no influence, they had no authority, and he says a, ha- a bunch of them were uneducated. In Acts chapter 4, you see that the early church actually prayed the scripture. In Acts chapter 4, there's a scripture that's recorded, there's a prayer that's recorded in Acts chapter 4, where they're actually praying and believing God. And when you read that prayer, you realize they are quoting Psalms, they're quoting Ezekiel in their prayer. They're praying the word. And, and it's this time that Peter had done a miracle and had healed this guy. Um, um, and, 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 and there was a lot of problems with all the religious leaders and all that. And, 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 but the people observed how Peter handled himself. And they says when they saw Peter and the boldness to which he responded and the authority, the way he was talking, they said, and they knew that he wasn't all that educated. They said, he must have been with Jesus. You know what, what it means to have been with Jesus? He's been in his word. See, the Bible calls Jesus, uses the word, Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. John 1. Okay, goes on and says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Back in Revelation, the three, they bear witness. The Spirit, the Word. <laughs> the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. So Jesus is related to. So he had been in the Jesus. We are with Jesus, but we keep Jesus when he get his Word inside of us. See, God, here's what his dream is for us. Back in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah, and different Old Testament prophets, would prophesy about the time that you and I are living in. And they yearned for this time. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, it says that I will put my laws within them and write them in, the, in their hearts. So when we start meditating on it, you know what happens? That word becomes written in your heart, and you will not know when you need it. But when you need it, it's going to just come out of you. When you should be responding in fear, you'll be like, no, I am not afraid by the terror by night or the arrows of flying in the new day. The righteous, the name of the Lord is a strong tower at this time. The righteous run to it and are safe. Man, I'm not feeling too good. I've been given a report that I don't like, but I'm believing God nonetheless. My bank account might not look good right now. I may be broke, but I'm not poor. Because it's let the weak say that I am strong. Yeah. The poor say that I'm rich. You know, you can be broke and not poor. Yeah. And you can, have, you can have be loaded and still be poor because your mentality is wrong. Yeah. Amen. So God's saying, 
Get your word. Know who you are by word. And start making those words your prayer. Start speaking things that are not into being. We get, we, just to help you out a little bit, and I, know, I don't know, we have a bunch of these all over. The, the, I don't know how many we have, but we can always make more. We call the advance card. If you see the ushers have them around, um, if you want to get. One is about prosperity with a purpose, and the other one is about healing and infirmity. And we have all these scriptures we just outlined to kind of help you. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start changing how I pray. I'm going to start praying the Word. Just to get you started, if you want to start and be inspired by the Word, And it's just a whole bunch of scriptures that you can declare. Let me give you a couple examples. Like uh, the one in prosperity. It quotes Deuteronomy 8, 18. But then it makes it a declaration. I will remember the Lord, my God, for it is He who gives me the power to get well so that He may establish the covenant with me, through, uh, through me. So it's putting yourself in it. Not so, it's like, no, God, 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 I, I, I remember you. I thank you because you're the one who, even if, I'm in this job right now, but I know that you're the one who provides for me. Maybe they say they're going to scale back and cut my department out, but I'm not afraid because I know God. You are my provider. Yes. It's not the job. You're gonna, if one door closes now, I know that you're going to open a new one. Okay? So, uh, and there's more for healing. So we have a couple, you know, if you want some, grab it by, from the ashes, info desk and all that. But if you're going to advance to the next level of your life, you're going to advance and start moving towards destiny. I mean, not just success. God wants us to have good success. He says we need to get that word in our lips. We need to get that word in our heart so it flows and we can start praying the word. Much like we were doing here the last... Monday, how many were here on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, any of the nights? It was awesome. I think that's what those guys were doing. It was like, it was awesome. Just calling on the name of them and declaring things for 2019. Start praying the word. Get yourself, write the notes for yourself. Put stuff on your desk. Get some reminders on your phone. Where you, you would be amazed how sometimes the word will lift you and use it. I'm, I'm in this morning, I'm like, as I'm praying, I think about a friend of mine that's a pastor. And I know he's getting ready just so I'm getting ready. And I know they're going to go start. And they got a lot of snow. I said, hey, praying for you. Just prayed for him, praying for you guys. I, I pray that God moves in your life today. I pray that your church is doing great, that God moves in your service, that people get healed, people get saved. And say, God bless you and your family. Literally, three minutes later, Another pastor that I have not thought about in a long time, just out of the blue, texts me. says, man, we haven't talked for a long time, but I'm praying for you in Lincoln. I just had, you know, so you know how God, you, you sow to encourage someone else. And someone else, I haven't even thought about this guy for a long time. We haven't talked for years. He says, I'm just thinking about you. I'm, I know I'm praying for you guys in Lincoln. God bless. Like, thank you, Jesus. You know, you start sowing into other God just sees. Like, and it was just one of those reminders that God is in control. God is in control of everything. I, I know. So start getting the word in your lips. Start speaking situations. Start speaking boldly and prophetically. Look at your situation. We all face situations. You know, sometimes Satan does this so well. When you're in the middle of something tough, you feel like you're the only one going through it. And God says, no, 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 no. There's no such thing that is not common to man. The thing that you're going through, someone else has gone through or even going through worse. 
get some perspective and look at the thing. Get yourself in the Word and start speaking your Word over those things. And you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of your testimony. Did you receive something from God today? Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me?